I'm Denzel Muhammad, and this is JobMakers. A one-way ticket. That's migrating. What you do when you get there is up to you because you've left your family and other supports behind. That's an immigrant. For Larry Kim, founder of WordStream in Boston, which was acquired for $150 million, and MobileMonkey, a chatbot marketing platform for marketing and customer support on Facebook Messenger, web chat, and SMS, that journey began when his parents fled to Canada after the Korean War on a one-way ticket. That in turn gave him the opportunity to purchase his own one-way ticket to the U.S. to fulfill his American dream. Larry is creating hundreds of meaningful jobs for Americans, something he's not only proud of, but feels is at the core of his values, to give back to the country that gave him the opportunity to actualize bold new ideas. He doesn't even believe in patents, instead publishing textbooks on software development to foster the freedom for everyone to innovate. Through his technology, he's helped tens of thousands of companies to grow their businesses. And with nearly 750,000 followers on medium.com, he mentors budding entrepreneurs from around the world as you'll discover in this week's Job Makers. Larry Kim, thank you for joining us on Job Makers. How are you? Uh, doing great, Denzel. How are you? I am excellent, and I'm so glad we got to talk to you. You're such a tremendous business owner and entrepreneur, uh, social media maverick. I remember back in 2019 when I met you, you were like two spots behind Hillary Clinton on the top writers on Medium.com. Remember that? Oh, yeah. She hasn't been blogging for a while, so I've actually passed her. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, So we met in 2019 at the 8th Annual Barry M. Portnoy Immigrant Entrepreneur Awards, where you were awarded the winner in the high-tech business category by the Immigrant Learning Center. And you said, this is the most meaningful honor of my entire professional career. What did you mean by that? Oh, sure. Um, so Denzel, when you're a, like a entrepreneur or, or just any careerist, you're going to get all sorts of crazy awards. Uh, you know, some of them are pretty superficial, like, I don't know, having lots of, you know, people to follow on social media or, 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 or these kind of silliness um, or, or growth rewards, like, uh, you know, these Inc. 5000, you know, fastest growing companies in America. But, you know, you know, of course, it's it's great to get any of these awards, but um, uh, it's important to understand that. Well, my my perspective on this is that uh, the growth and the number of followers or whatever these other other awards are based on, like that's a means to an end. Um, that the the true goal here is is to create something of value and and you know ultimately create jobs and employment for people in the community so that they can better their lives and uh, you know contribute back to. Uh, as uh, productive members of society. Uh, and so to that, and uh, I kind of view your industry, your your entrepreneurship award as kind of being the, the only award I've ever won um, that kind of reflects, you know, my core core belief system. Uh, and so that's, that is why I, I declared that this was the most meaningful award that I've ever uh, been considered for and, and won in, in my career. And so it's, it's just an honor, honor and a privilege. 
When you say your core beliefs, what 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 did that award get at for you? What did it speak to? Why is it that entrepreneurs do what they do? You know, why is it that so many of them are immigrants? Um, and I think uh, part of that is a life calling. Uh, you know, to to provide. Um, to help people to realize their full potential in life by providing them a framework to gain, you know, valuable skills, get paid for it, and 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 uh, and advance their careers. And and it's just that is my calling in in life. Uh, and and uh, you know, it's just the structure by which I do this is by creating these products and companies and 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 selling products. But but that is the the. Um, a means to an end that is the uh sort of the you know just kind of what, what you see uh but but not the core motivating factor for me. creating meaningful work uh allowing people to advance in their careers um certainly support their families you know uh live the american dream you know there's I, I've, I've employed over a thousand people in the last decade um, you know, and, and we don't just hire, you know, we don't just snipe people who already had jobs and, you know, they were already flying high. No, we, we, we look for these people, like one or two out of, out of college or in some cases community college or no college at all. Uh, and and we, we train them. We train them how to sell things. We train them how to be a customer support rep. Like, and, and, and this, like, you know, the, uh, like there's, we, we, we take people from companies like Best Buy, like the full floor, floor sales people, like really blue collar work. And I think we're helping people, you know, refine their, their skills and, and just become even more productive uh, members of society. Well said, <clears throat> allowing people to live, live out their American dream. Uh, I want to get into your immigrant story. And it didn't just start with you, right? It started with your family. Oh, sure. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, so about uh, 20 years ago, I, I, I immigrated to the United States from the far, far away country of Canada. Uh, it was a 45 minute flight from the Toronto airport. Uh, it was a one way ticket. Uh, and uh, and I just I just flew here uh, following my last uh, exam from college and, and started at a, at a local startup here. And, um, you know, you might say, well, that's not a, you know, Canada's like the 51st state or something like this is not really, um, you know, a, a big journey, but um, you got to just, if you, if you take a step back, uh, you think of, think, think of the, the, the bigger picture, like my parents started this journey, um, you know, back 40, 50 years ago, uh, they were just children, young children uh, in the, like during the, the Korean War in the, in the 50s. And, um, you know, they were just refugees, like, you know, walking hundreds of miles to avoid these conflict zones and carrying everything that they owned in like a bag on their back and like eating grass and, you know, and, and drinking out of rivers to survive. And, you know, it, it was a pretty difficult environment. And they, well, when they got a little older, they decided to to move to, or to immigrate to Canada. Uh, so it's been in, in the like 60s and 70s. Um, and um, yeah, they, they, they also booked the one-way ticket here uh with like you know twenty dollars in their pocket something like that like so um yeah it's just uh i think you it's just a continuation of that that uh, desire to 
want to provide uh, something for for your for your life, for your family, for your community. And um, you know, the this was just sort of like the the last stop, if, if you will. That's just absolutely fascinating. So many Americans don't know about these experiences that uh, are in the backgrounds of immigrants today and refugees today. Um, I'm glad that they made that move. It allowed you to be able to, to thrive and, and do better than they ever possibly imagined you would have. For, if, for instance, you were growing up in a, in a war-torn country. Um, your journey as an entrepreneur, did you always know that you wanted to start a business? And, and just correct me if I'm wrong, your degree's in electrical engineering, right? And now you're in digital marketing. Um, so, so absolutely, um, it was obvious that um, I wanted to create a business from, from, from the very beginning. Like my, you know, early jobs were like doing paper routes and and, and uh, building little recycling businesses, like in in, in junior high and, and high school. And um, you know, it, it was just a situation where um, I knew I wanted to to. Uh, oh, and, and my parents, my parents, my mother was a, was an entrepreneur too. Uh, she was a uh, a piano teacher so she, she basically taught me everything about marketing like how to get clients how to get students and like you know don't be the lowest cost piano teacher because then you're going to get all the worst students <laughs> like you have to charge a little bit more than than everyone else like so she, she would teach me all these you know lessons about about um but you know how to run a business like that's that's another thing about entrepreneurship there's usually some family influence like from a from a young age where where, where someone is kind of teaching you the difference between an employee versus an employer um but but um but yeah um i think uh yes i absolutely wanted to be this this you know having a, a company or a business uh, it was just a, a situation where i didn't have the skills or the idea of what to what to do, like finding that niche, finding the need in the marketplace to to to, to fill, uh, and so um, you know, uh, like a lot of a lot of people, you you just start off in a regular job and and you uh, learn your uh, skills, uh, and then ultimately, uh, like so, so initially when I moved to, to Cambridge, it was to work for uh, a marketing software company called Alair, uh, which was later bought up by Macromedia. Uh, and because that was marketing software, I learned a lot about digital marketing. Uh, and so that's where I was able to then identify kind of some, some needs in the marketplace around search advertising and, and social media advertising uh, in terms of like products that, that you could build. In terms of being an engineer, entrepreneur, I think that's totally normal. Um, engineering, of course, is a uh, applied science. Uh, so it's a piece of, as opposed to a uh, kind of a pure scientific endeavor. Uh, and so you always have to take your engineering skills and apply it to some other area. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, biotech or, or uh, fintech or marketing software. So what was it like in the early stages going out there, uh, asking for money, developing your ideas, finding partners? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of comical. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's like this 20-something um you know, with a lot of ideas and and just no no contact, not a lot of experience, and um, I I just did cold emailing, <laughs> cold cold emailing. Like if you go to a venture website, uh, it, it'll say like, do you want to partner with us? <laughs> like there's actually an alias on these these on these websites. This is like you know like uh, inquiries at you know venturecompany.com. Um, so so so. 
you, you know, that's not the, the most ideal way to, to go about pitching. Like ideally you get some kind of recommendation or introduction, warm introduction, introduction from a, from a portfolio CEO or, or you know, <laughs> like, like something like that. Um, but, but yeah, I just the cold emailing and uh, sure enough, uh, surprisingly, uh, we got a, a few dozen, um, a few dozen inquiries that, and that led to meetings uh, and, and, um, you know, uh, it didn't it didn't happen overnight, but over a, a few years of like getting rejected and trying again, um, you know, was 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 able to both build build a business that was fundable, uh, and finding world class investors to to back the idea. So describe Mobile Monkey to us. What what is it? What does it do? Why is it important? The text messaging platform. Um, you know, it's it's a very very important mode of communication if you're a business doing, um, you know, business to consumer marketing. So like if you're a realtor, you know, you're selling to customers, these customers aren't spending all day in, in Gmail or, 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 or whatever. They're, they're just on the go on their mobile phones. And um, typically they spend a, a good amount of time texting or using uh, text platforms like WhatsApp or Instagram direct messaging or Facebook messenger. And so uh, if, you, if you're a business, um, uh, it, it's it's kind of hard to uh, generate uh, inbound inquiries at scale and, and to respond with re- respond to those inquiries automatically. Um, and so what, what we do is we, we kind of simplify this by providing sort of this omni-chat uh, platform that lets you lets you manage like all of the different uh, messaging channels that you might encounter customers. Uh, you know, all of the social channels, SMS texting, etc., et web, website chat. Uh, in a single unified console and uh, makes it super easy to to just you know uh, engage with users and and uh, at scale and provide better customer experiences uh, leading to more sales and more leads and and then just uh, growing your business I've, I've seen in other countries i mean in, entire economies run on whatsapp it, it's really fascinating on medium you have over 200,000 followers on Twitter, you have three quarters of a million followers. Um, that's a gigantic mouthpiece to speak, not just to, to Boston or to the United States, but to the world. Um, what's some of the best advice you have for budding entrepreneurs and probably some of the worst advice, so to speak, to avoid? <laughs> uh, uh, well, <laughs> the, the worst advice is gonna be the opposite of the best advice. <laughs> um, so I'll just tell you what, what, what my best advice would be. Um, uh, and that is to, you know, really understand that the leverage comes from, you know, initially the, the leverage comes, enormous leverage comes from the idea. Okay, so what is the, the, um, the solution that you are trying to provide? You know, who is the target market? You know, how will we find them? Like that kind of confluence of, of, of questions, um, you you can you can build anything you want, uh, and you can sell it to anything anyone you want to, uh, and and you can come up with like any number of ways to to take that product to market. Uh, but how well those concepts click together, okay, is is going to provide enormous leverage on like how big a business this could be, how fast this uh, this business can grow, whether or not it will even get off the ground in the first place. Uh, and so I think what happens is that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially first-time entrepreneurs, they tend to overestimate the novelty of their own ideas, okay? Uh, and, and it's like, oh, 
you know, sure enough, you, you come up with a great idea, but it's, it's uh, you know, four other companies are doing the same thing or, or, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and then the second thing that they do is they tend to downplay, uh, you know, the, the competitiveness of, of these other products uh, and kind of upplay the uniqueness of their of their concept, uh, if, if that makes sense. And so I just think, um, you know, while it's in kind of the stem cell phase of a business where it, where it's like you, you have a lot of freedom to decide what what to what to build, who to sell it to, and how to how to sell it, um, you know, getting to a a really great place um, before scaling uh, is is is, um, is is the best advice. So finally. Given your amazing social media reach, we know that that people who uh, have their own businesses want to be able to build it up, build up their brand, build up their personal brand, build up their their company's brand, engage with customers. Like you, on social media, what what are some of the best advice you have for uh, entrepreneurs? So, um, it the, the advice changes over time because it's so dependent on sort of you know how the algorithm is is um, you know tuned like. It seems to me that it's pretty obvious that the the algorithm is is just trying to create food fights, like in the in the um, in, in the newsfeed. So um, you know, if you're if you're just saying if, if the content that you're you're producing is like family photos or or, or um, you know like hey buy my product, um, it's just it's not it's it's gonna it's gonna be cloaked. It's it's not gonna really generate a lot of response, or not a lot of people are gonna actually see that. So that's. Yeah, it just means that it's 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 uh, you know in 2021 you need to be a little bit more controversial. Unfortunately, if you're just you know, putting up content out there that's that's very kind of centrist, you know, like uh, water is wet kind of thing, um, it's, it's just not it's not going to go anywhere. Um, it, so you really need to think about what are the issues that kind of divide the community, and and, and you kind of need to kind of straddle that line. Uh, so. Uh, in terms of um, just a stupid example, say you're, I don't know, a fitness company or something. And, and you know, you've got people who, who swear by, I don't know, keto diet or Atkins diet or something. But they there's a lot of strongly held convictions, like, you know, depending on what what, what diet they, they ascribe to. You know, instead of just creating content about, like, you know, what is keto, like you would create something like, you know, 10 reasons why the keto is a lot of crap, something like <laughs> What that's going to do, it's going to get all the, I don't know, the, the other fad folks like up in arms and, and commenting and sharing and saying this is a load of crap and hitting the, the, the mad face emoji, which apparently is weighted five times more than, 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 the, than the like button that, that came out in the documents on Capitol Hill. Um, so, 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 so that's that's really that's 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 the way to, to to go viral and 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 get everyone like you know you know it, it, it's 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 kind of stirring the pot a little bit and that's sad it's 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 kind of sad but that's uh, that's how I would uh, kind of give the algorithm what's what it's looking for is kind of find the find the, the the hot button topics that exist in every industry and 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 kind of um, try to try to provoke a response. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a fist fight necessarily that you're getting into, but something to generate generate responses and by way of putting in information out there. Um, the last thing I, I wanted to bring up was I interviewed Samyun Dukash on this podcast a while ago. He is part of a group called One Way Ventures. One Way Ventures, yeah. And you talk about your parents buying a one way ticket. I bought a one way ticket here. <laughs> yeah, that's like one way ticket. 
what, what is the significance of that one-way ticket? I just you're this is not we're not this is not a tourist trip, you know. This is we're not we're planning a you know one month stay or something like this. Is, this is we're going all in. We're uh, we are you know there, there's no plan B. Um, you know this 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 has to work, uh, and and um, you know that's the mentality of an entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneur. It's also the uh, mentality of, of an immigrant. If you look at all the companies uh, that, that are investable, like there's a very high chance that, you know, one of the founders, uh, you know, is an immigrant because that's just, that's the DNA of the, of the, of the immigrant is, is, is essentially the same as, as a, uh, as a uh, entrepreneur founder type version. So. I often say that the act of migrating is itself an entrepreneurial act. And you just, you just spelled it out in, in, in tremendously personal and, and beautiful terms. Larry Kim, thank you so much for joining us in JobMakers and for participating in this discussion. Um, and I wish you all the best with you and your family and Mobile Monkey. Oh, thanks, Denzel. Uh, it's great to be here. Have a great day. JobMakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for this week's fascinating story on how immigrants benefit and create jobs for all Americans. Have a comment? Email Denzil, that's D-E-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. Next week, we speak with Alex Narasta, Director of Immigration Studies at the Cato Institute, about his recent publication, The Most Common Arguments Against Immigration and Why They're Wrong. I'm Denzel Mohammed. Join us next Thursday at noon for another episode of Jobmakers.